Welcome to Evolve, Reinventing Leadership, Building Freedom Cultures, with thought leader and award-winning author, Yvette Bethel. This podcast provides you with insights and ideas you can use to reinvent your culture through trust and the principles of interconnectivity, flow, and balance. At a time when the world is rewriting the rules of work, traditional leadership practices are not enough. It's time to perceive persistent challenges through a new lens. It's time to evolve. Hello, everyone, and welcome again. This is your host, Yvette Bethel, and the topic for this episode of Evolve is The Drama Triangle by Stephen Karpman. And we have with us entrepreneur and coach Sharon Deal. Sharon has 33 years of experience as an entrepreneur developing successful businesses, brands, and teams. She is a powerful communicator with an in-depth understanding of systems, structures, and procedures in business. She's a coach, trainer, facilitator, and inspirational speaker who works with people who want to find their authentic selves and walk in destiny and purpose. Hello, Sharon, and welcome to Evolve. Hello, Vich. Thank you. What a privilege <laughs> to be here with you. <laughs> All right. So Sharon, let's uh, learn a little bit about you. So can you please tell us about your journey to becoming a coach and why you decided to become one? Well, there's always a backstory and mine has a very personal um, attachment. Uh, My husband and I were going through relational difficulties in 2009 and I found myself uh, at a life coach. And uh, when I walked in, the first thing um, he said to me is, how do you feel about um, being betrayed? And I said to him, cut the BS. I haven't got time for emotions. I just need help. I need to find myself emotional stability. And he said to me, I cannot help you. And I left there with a lot of thinking to do. And I realized how disconnected I was from myself emotionally. And I think that was the kickstart of um, the rest of my journey. I then engaged with him, was prepared to do the hard work, um, probably found safety in that place for the first time in my life, which was very important for me to be able to open those vulnerable places and to go to them. And I think I got to know myself really well. Um, at that stage, when I walked in, I think I, uh, I walked with a lot of pride and arrogance, and I thought I could just become a coach. And then I realized at some point that I needed to go on a personal journey myself. And that took about two and a half years. And at that point, I knew without a shadow of doubt that this was what I wanted to do for the rest of my life. Oh, wow. What a story. So, um I know you and I have talked about the drama triangle and, uh, you know, it it just piqued my interest. And because there's drama, there's always drama, families, church and (laughs) uh, at work and teams. What is the drama, the Cartman uh, drama triangle and, and what led you to using it? So the drama triangle, I think, was once again a very personal application, but I soon learned that it had a lot to do with relational transaction. And whenever there was drama or conflict involved, it was a real go-to. And obviously, I used everything um, 
in my own world. I learned to experience it, use it, understand it from a conscious point of view and an awareness point of view. And then I was able to actually offer that to others. So the drama triangle um, is is a bunch of roles and, and um, I nearly said responsibilities, but it's actually roles that we take up that can be very destructive. And most of them originate from our um, family origin. They come from a learned place. So they're actually unfamiliar and very unconscious. And when you learn the roles, it's quite a, um, a showstopper in a sense because you actually realize the games that you play to manipulate and control your own environment to feel safe and secure within yourself. So it sounds to me, or can you tell me, when you have a drama triangle, when we participate in the drama triangle, when or what do we, um, is, it, is it possible for us to occupy all of the roles or what are the roles first? And then yeah. let's talk about that question. Lovely. So there are three roles in the drama triangle. The first one is that of a rescuer. Um, then a persecutor and a victim. And it is absolutely um, the, the roles. If you're playing one of them, you will generally play all three, but there will be dominant roles. And those will be your learn spaces where you've learned to manipulate and control in certain ways. And for me, there's definite characteristics that support those roles that we take up. Because generally, when we get into the drama triangle, we're looking for something. And that's where codependency comes in. Because it's, I need you to feel better about me in some way or another. So when we take up the rescuer role, we're looking for acceptance. When we take up the victim role, we're looking for love. And when we take up the persecutor role, we're looking for power. And all of those are constraints to allow us to feel better about ourselves. And it's where we feel most comfortable. So a, a good example of that is I grew up in a home where my dad was a persecutor. He had the role of the persecutor. Um, he was very authoritative, uh, domineering, uh, critical, angry, blaming, um, judgmental. Um, he, he had a really big personality. And my mom was more on the rescuer side of things where she was um, really giving a lot of unwanted advice, uh, supporting, marshmallowing, doing things for us to protect us. Um, and those were my two role models. So naturally, I stepped into those roles as my dominant playground. Mm. So a lot of times people think of drama as something explosive or, you know, obvious. But can you tell us what the, the, the different ways that drama can manifest? Well, um, I think it's, it's a very personal um, way that it can manifest. And I think that it's, it's looking at your patterns. And I think looking at why it is that you do what you do, your underlying motivation um, for acceptance sake, for power, for love is a, is a really good contributor to that. Because when you start to look at your ways of dealing with others, um, how is it that you, I think the rescue role has got a lot of people pleasing because it's how you bend over backwards to uh, look like the hero of the day to a large extent. Um, is 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 really where you step in and um, 
I'm, I'm going off off uh, off track there. Um, so you asked for the. Just remind me, what did you ask there? Well, I was I was asking about the drama triangle and uh, or drama, really, and. I wanted to understand or help the audience understand it doesn't have to be something where someone's shouting or doing something explosive. In other words, uh, it can be an everyday kind of interaction that they're accustomed to that where there's no, not necessarily any shouting or profanity or, or whatever else people define as drama. Absolutely, 100%. So it's it's really how we feel better about ourselves. So if I'm in a victim role for argument's sake, um, if I'm sitting in struggle, I'm going to wait for others to tell me what I need better. Because when I'm in that victim role, I'm avoiding a lot of things. I'm not holding myself responsible or accountable. And you pick that up in a lot in the language where you'll see the angry victim and also what we refer to as the woe is me pathetic type victim, where the language gives it away. Um, but ideally, you don't really have a voice. And very seldom do you step into vulnerable places. So you're looking for others to show you the way, to give you guidance. From a mm. rescue point of view, we tend to be quite controlling in that space where we step in give, giving unwanted advice. We don't really even wait. We, not, we don't even respectfully ask if people would want it. We just dive in, fix people's problems because we can. Um, we eat problems for breakfast. The problem is that we never, ever pause long enough to deal with our own issues it's always looking after others um and i think that's part of what into the drama is our own levels of worthiness mm -hmm. and then the persecutor role um has a lot to do with um feeling powerful and feeling superior um and of course those manifestations of judging being critical um overpowering others being arrogant one one sort of uh, direct communicators um and more the one way or the highway type communication um makes one feel powerful so that's typically where one steps in and takes on roles that make us feel better about ourselves the way you describe the triangle um and how people interact relationally uh leads me to understand that there are blind spots in this whole thing. Um, in order to start to, to move toward, um, I think it's being present. Is that, is that uh, on the other side of the spectrum of the drama triangle, being present? I think it's more than being present. I think it's being aware. It's, it's being present, aware, and really being grounded in self-confidence. Because I think that if we are, are unable to uh, put boundaries in place and we don't know who we are, we're going to be pulled into the drama triangle irrespective. Mm. Because in the drama triangle, we're basically protecting, pleasing, um, perfecting and hustling for our worthiness. So, you know, the only time as far as I'm concerned is when you step out of that is when you're walking in your authenticity, living according to your own value system, having a voice, being able to ask questions, get curious and be assertive, but allow others to as well. So it's an invitation to power with, not power over. And it's just the, the interplay of how we go about doing that. How, so how uh, how would a person start to become aware of their, their blind spots? How would a person become aware of them? 
I think doing the type of work that um, we do as coaches and the emotional intelligence journey of looking at yourself in the mirror, starting to look at your patterned responses. And I think a very big key for us is emotions. If we're not connected to ourselves emotionally, we will be sucked into the drama triangle so fast because it's all an emotional space. And if we don't really know what we're feeling around guilt, shame, uh, feeling depressed, sad, bad, we actually won't even pick up the dimensions of where it is that those that the drama takes us. So I think those are the keys for me. Can you provide us with an example of a drama triangle that, uh, or something that typically plays out in the workplace with the rescuer, hero, um, victim? So very common one that we find in the workplace is the people pleasing. So not holding people to account. Um, maybe you have um, your own roles and responsibilities and you have peers or colleagues alongside of you that um, are pulling on information. They're asking you to do a lot of things that are outside the scope of your responsibility. And a typical rescuer would dive in over and above, do the work. And that's what rescuers do. They don't come alongside and coach and support so people learn to grow in the team. They actually do the work. Um, and, and that's the problem is because um, victims, and of course, they're not real victims. They're just showing up with tendencies of victims. Um, is that they never learn to mature and grow in the in the um, roles and responsibilities. Um, so I think that's a, a key area that that shows up around people pleasing, where I want to keep relationships, I want everybody to like me, to love me, and therefore I, I will do whatever that takes. And there's very little or no boundaries, not holding people to account and um and the growth that could come from that so i think that's a typical one that we see very often so the the people pleaser is the victim no the people pleaser is the one that generally steps in and does things for the victim all right so who's the rescuer and who's the the persecutor well the persecutor um <laughs> So when we get into a role like that, let's take um, the same example. So let's say I dived in and took over somebody else's work. They weren't getting it done, um, put it in on time. Um, and then I started falling behind in my own work and maybe wasn't able to deliver on, on a key, key piece of work. I might then go from that rescuer role where I felt like the hero of the day, I've added a lot of value. I might mm. dip down to victim role and then start playing that victim like yeah but I had to help everybody else and I couldn't get to my own work and now I'm behind on delivery and then immediately shift straight up to persecutor and actually then go in and start pointing figures judging criticizing yeah but you need to get your act together you don't show up you don't mm -hmm. work you know it's that sort of aggression um or power play and then possibly because you're in the drama triangle and the codependency the guilt kicks in and then you go straight back and you rescue all over again. And, and ah. I think that's one of the keys with the drama triangle is that you need to be okay feeling what you need to feel, and especially the guilt, because that's the exit part of the drama triangle is being okay, holding people to account, um, asking questions, letting them get to the work themselves, and then holding that and not persecuting. 
That's interesting. I didn't see it from the standpoint of uh, one person occupying all the roles. Uh, I was I was seeing it as different people occupying the role. So, you know, that, that expanded my awareness of the triangle because you can use it where you have different people that are the rescuer and the persecutor and the victim, or you can occupy those roles within a, a given situation. So, Absolutely. Um, and, and what you're saying is quite accurate because you can play this game on your own with an individual and you'll have a dominant role and then cycle through all the roles mm -hmm. or you'll have three people that are taking up different roles. So in my family system, for argument's sake, I had my father being the persecutor, my mom the rescuer, and by default, us kids were in the victim roles. Not that we were victims, we just didn't have a voice. So when I left my family home, what did I be, What did I move into? I became the persecutor and the rescuer. Um, and now in my family home, my husband and I play with those roles, and the kids generally take uh, the, the victim role. So you're absolutely 100%. And we can play this game on our own as well, in our own heads, where we can beat ourselves up when we go into places of self-doubt and call ourselves name and the negative self-talk that comes in. That's all in the persecutor role where the judge and the saboteurs reside. And then we've got um, the rescuer where you for a moment sort of lean in and be kinder to yourself and sort of rescue and pick yourself up and uh, pat yourself on the back and say it's not so bad and then you can dip all the way down again and start the, the victim role and so it continues yes. so um, yeah that's the the dance and the game yeah it's a cycle that uh, they put themselves in interesting all right I think uh so on the other side, there can be multiple victims, multiple perpetrators, and multiple rescuers as well. It can be single, singular, uh, but it can also be a situation where you have a group of people maybe bullying or whatever, uh, another group, um, you know what I mean, and someone rescuing. So I think there's so many, the more I talk about this and, and learn about it, the more um, variations uh, I see. So with that, um, this is your host, Yvette Bethel, and we will be right back after this message. Organizational Soul is a mission-driven organization and network where we specialize in trust in academia, families, and organizations. We are building a community of leaders who are interested in trust and culture. If you are interested in our updates, you can sign up for our newsletter at orgsoul.com. As a thank you for joining our community, you can access our free resources that are designed to help you build your brand as a trusted leader as you contribute to safe space. Sign up now at orgsoul.com. So welcome back to Evolve. Our guest is entrepreneur and coach, Sharon Deal. And Sharon, um, I have a, another question for you. When addressing the, the drama triangle, when you're trying to, you know, heal and, and move toward something else, something healthy, is there a particular place where the solution should begin? Absolutely. I love to overlay the drama triangle with what I call the winner's triangle. And mm -hmm. it's a beautiful place of stepping into a... Um, 
a caring coach role if you had the role of a rescuer where you actually uh, step in come alongside genuinely care and love people so there's no preservation as to why you're doing that and what it is that you're gaining from that you're actually supporting asking questions and actually unlocking um individuals in your world um the other um role is that of a creator where you are in the victim role and you learn to acknowledge that you can manage your own problems, that you can step in, think for yourself, solve problems and be the creator of your own world. And then the persecutor um, steps in as the challenger and that's to hold people to account, be assertive, but allow others to come alongside and uh, be two so for me those are the the three roles the assertion the caring and the vulnerability that so powerfully um bring the winner's triangle into play so what are the um what do, what what makes up the winner's triangle well i think it's the um it's it's almost has equivalent roles to the drama triangle mm -hmm. um unlocking there it's where we learn to develop skills within ourselves that are steeped in confidence and authenticity and knowing who we are and allowing others to be unique in their own authenticity. So what part does trust play in the in working through the drama triangle? I think it has an enormous role because I think that trust at the core of who we are is in that grounded confidence of trusting and knowing ourselves. And when we know who we are and we trust ourselves, we can lean in and trust others. Um, I think it always starts with self. And I, I think that the drama triangle um, is all about us not trusting ourselves. It's needing to do something to feel better about ourselves. So that's where that protecting, performing, pleasing and hustling for that. But it's not really true or authentic to us. And it's not aligned to who we are. It actually moves us away from ourselves. Because if you start to look at the patterns that are in the drama triangle, they don't really align with who we are from an integrity and a value driven place. Mm -hmm. So if you were in an organization and you have a team of people playing this drama triangle out, um, how can managers address this sustainably? I think to bring about awareness, to um, maybe unpack roles and responsibilities, but also motivations in terms of mm -hmm. why it is that you do what you do. And I think um, that's where emotional intelligence comes in so powerfully, is allowing people to understand their emotions, know what it is um, that their emotions are offering them in terms of data, um, and then looking at the um, patterns that flow from that and it'll lead you straight to the drama triangle it'll, it'll give you your role it'll show you the themes in your life and remember that we take up different roles with different people so they i might have a, a persecutor role with one of my colleagues but the minute my senior steps in i become the victim and somebody else becomes the persecutor so we're shifting all of the time because of the interplay um between roles responsibilities um and, and also um, just how we see each other, because mm -hmm. I think how we see each other is how we treat each other. 
And the minute I believe that I am better than, I'm going to take a superior stance and I'm going to speak down. And this is where the transactional analysis comes mm -hmm. into drama triangle so powerfully, where we start to see almost this parent-child type relationship. And that's where the crossed transactions come in, which start to bring in the um, the unhealthy part of communication and leadership. Mm -hmm. Very interesting. So Sharon, with that, I'd like to say thank you for an insightful interview. Your experiences certainly support our audience with understanding when they may have slipped into a drama triangle and what to do about it. So to everyone else, this has been Yvette Bethel and Sharon Deal. And you can learn more about Sharon on LinkedIn and her website. Sharon, can you share your website address with us? Sure. Whoamifoundation.co.za. All right. So with that, thank you for taking the time to join us on Evolve, Reinventing Leadership, Building Freedom Cultures. Thank you for listening to Evolve, Reinventing Leadership, Building Freedom Cultures. Learn more about our proprietary trust, leadership, and culture courses and certifications at the IFB Academy. You can check them out at organizationalsoul.learnworlds.com.